and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'm going to be talking about The Keeper of Night by Kylie Lee Baker and this is the third time I recorded my intro because I got the title wrong once of both the book and my own podcast so I'm not I'm a little rusty. It's been two-ish weeks since I've recorded I'm recording this in the first week of December, but I'm 98% sure you're not going to be hearing this until January. But anyways, I hope you had some nice holidays since you'll probably hear that afterwards. I'm in the midst of celebrating the holidays right now myself. After I finish recording, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm going to make new Christmas cookie recipe. It's um, chocolate chip cookies with candy cane pieces in it. And it sounds, the pictures literally look so delicious. I can't wait. I'm very excited about it. Anyways, this is not a Christmassy read, which is why I got bumped, because I had to get a book of the month for December to get my free book of the year choice, and so I picked the Christmas romance, which at this point you'll probably have heard that episode. So that happened. Not sure how it's going to go if I got bamboozled trying to be a seasonal reader again, because we all know I suck at it. But uh, whatever, let's get into it. This is a fantasy, like I said, and it's really interesting. It's very different from any fantasy I've read. Um, Part of that is just because um, the book market is saturated with white author stories. And this book's really different because we are getting the story of an author who is biracial. She has Chinese, Japanese, and Irish heritage. And our main character is British, half British, half Japanese. And we are seeing basically death culture, death mythology, And the majority of this book takes place in Japan and deals with Japanese mythology, which was really cool. And it was very different. I'd never read anything like that before. And so that was probably my favorite part of the book was just learning about Japanese mythology, specifically regarding death in the underworld and things like that. Because as you might know, I'm really into Greek mythology and I had a big Egyptian mythology phase. So it's time to expand my horizons and look into the mythologies of the Eastern world. I did last year, around this time, I think in November. Yeah, I think in November I read Star Daughter, which had to do with Indian mythology, which was really cool. I didn't really like that book that much, but I did kind of like the mythology aspect, which we'll get into that for this book as well. I don't know. I feel like I should just get into it. I do want to give a Spoiler warning that I'm going to be spoiling Keeper of The Keeper of Night by Kylie Lee Baker. I don't know why I can't get the title right. And so if you don't want this book to be spoiled, stop here, go read the book, and then come back and listen to my episode. Do I recommend this book? Yes. Hesitant, yes. If you recently lost somebody to death, um, this is not this is not a great book to read right after that, which is something I will talk about just because of kind of the coarse way the main character Ren deals with um, death. Um, so I guess I should have said the main character is like, she's a reaper, but then she's also a Shinigami. I'm, I'm going to pause it and figure out how to say that correctly and um, do that really quick. But anyways, basically they're soul, they collect the souls of humans when they die. So that was a really interesting concept. I just like didn't think about it when I was choosing this book that, you know, I'm a little sensitive regarding death right now, so I'll get into that later. So if you're dealing with that, then this is probably not a great book to read because of that. But if not, 
I would say yes if you like fantasy, you're looking for something different. However, just know that the main character is kind of unlikable. So if you can't deal with that, then again, this isn't going to be good for you. So with that, I'm going to pause. Make sure I know how to say names and such because there were a lot of unfamiliar names to me. And then I'm going to get into the plot summary. Okay, I'm back. I've done some light Googling and hopefully I'm going to say these things correctly. Uh, if I don't, I apologize. I'm trying my best. Okay, let's get into it. So this story actually takes place in the 1800s, I believe. Yes, the late 1800s. And it starts out in London. About the first third of the book has, is set in London slash traveling to Japan. And so Ren, or her name is spelled R-E-N. However, like I mentioned earlier, she is half Reaper, half Shinigami. And so basically Reapers are the death soul collectors in Britain and Shinigami do the same thing in Japan. And so her mother is Japanese Shinigami and her father is a British Reaper. And for some reason, she's been raised by her father who doesn't really like her. Um, she's 200 years old at this point in the book. And uh, Reapers and Shinigami live for like hundreds or maybe even a thousand years, things like that. And so they also have different sort of powers and things like that. So because she is only half reaper she and she looks very heavily japanese especially at this time it's the late 1800s in britain there's not a lot of cultural mixing and then this is also an issue when she gets to japan because at this time japan had recently opened its borders to foreigners in the outside world because for a time they were very isolationist um that is an issue there for her as well anyways because of her mixed heritage people hate her. She gets bullied. And the other thing is that Reapers and Shinigami have like different death powers. So Reapers are able to turn time, time turners, I guess. They have a silver and gold special clock. And when they touch the clock, they can make time stop. And then during that time, that's when they do soul collections. And also like Bren uses it as like a battle weapon to stop time and like defeat people and things like that later on in the book. Whereas Shinigami have light power, they can either make the lights go away or make lights brighter. It's not like a fire power, but Sh Ren can like shield her and her brother Nevin like in shroud of darkness so people can't see them or make things light, things like that. And so she's told she can never use her light power in Britain because it would make her dangerous and othered and things like that. But one day as she's leaving a soul collection, which was, um, she's very callous about collecting souls and humans and such. She gets tr like caught in the time. I don't know. These high reapers stop her and they're taunting her and she's trying to like, they're going to like stab her eye out with some scissors. It's really disgusting. And also the reapers and Shinigami both have like intense healing powers and they are gonna do that and she ends up, they cut her hair which is like a whole thing and then she like ends up lashing out with her light power and blinds at least temporarily this mean girl ivy who's not a girl because she's hundreds of years old but you know what i mean and then she's like i have to run away because they're gonna kill me and they do in fact try to kill her so she runs back to her brother nevin who is actually just her half brother but we don't see it like that because he is full Reaper. After Ren was born, 
her father ended up marrying like a reaper woman and they had nevin and he poor sweet nevin he loves his sister he sees the best in her when she's really um very selfish she says this all the time she like doesn't see the good in really people like human people or reaper people or just you know living creatures in general things like that um which is kind of understandable considering the fact she grew up um with everybody hating her and othering her which is like a big issue and like theme throughout the book and so she's like nevin i have to go and he's like i'm coming with you and she's like if i was a better person this is her internal monologue if i was a better person i would make him stay but I'm selfish and I don't want to leave without him. So I don't fight him on it and we leave. So they end up escaping. And as they're escaping, because they're trying to catch them, they overhear a meeting by the High Reapers, like the big council of them or whatever. And they cross Ren's name out of the book of Reapers and then say, put a curse on her that death is going to find her. And then her and Evan end up escaping and they know that if they get caught, Ren's going to get killed. And she's still very young, so she's got hundreds of years still to go, and she doesn't want to die. So they get on a boat to France. A reaper ends up finding them, so they have to jump in the water and escape. And then there's like a six or nine, I think like a nine-month time skip until they get to Japan. And then in Japan, they end up finding the Japanese underworld, which is called Yomi. I actually forgot to look that up. And they're going because Ren wants to find her mother, and she wants to become a Shinigami and the goddess of Yomi and kind of who's in charge of all that is is Nami and she is like a Japanese goddess and birthed all these different gods and goddesses as well with her husband is Nagi I don't remember I forgot to look his name up as well but then when she birthed her last son she ended up dying and went into the underworld. And if you eat or drink anything in the underworld, similar to like the story of Greek mythology with Persephone, you can never leave. And so she did when she was down there and the husband comes to find her and she's like rotting and has like maggots in her face and he takes the light away and leaves. And yeah, very negative, but she's in charge of them. So Ren is like, I got to find her. They end up like almost getting attacked by some different yokai, which are basically just kind of like Japanese spirits, monsters, not all monsters, kind of spirit-like, I would say, beings. And some of them are good, which we find out later in the book, but a lot of them are bad and either trick humans or kill kill humans. They, they like to kill them and eat them and whatever the, they might want to do with them. And so she, they like have a little like spat with one of them. And then Ren and Nevin make their way and they fight the entrance to Yomi and they go down there and then they almost get killed by another yokai. But then this mysterious guy who turns out is a um, river god or a f- no, a fishing god named Hiro comes and rescues them. And Nevin's like, I don't trust this man. And Ren is immediately like, this is the hottest man I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'm so attracted to him. And he said he can take us to the palace to see Iznami. So we're going to do that. And Nevin's like, I don't know. And Ren is like, no, we're doing it. And so she gets in to see Iznami. And the whole thing is that Hiro, they're like, so Hiro, are you a Shinigami? And he was like, no. Like, he's a disgraced one. Like, he lost his title for some reason, but we don't know why. 
And so we're like, hmm, this is kind of sus. Like, what's going on? And he's, like, not allowed into the palace. And any Shinigami they see throughout the book that see him are, like, extremely mean to him and call him a leech. And we're like, hmm, this is weird. Why does everybody, like, what happened? And he won't really talk about his past. So Ren goes and meets Iznami. And Iznami gives her this really difficult task of killing three really terrible yokai. The ice woman... I don't remember what the other the other translation was for the second one, but uh, basically a woman who lives in the ocean and uses her hair and her voice to, like, eat the blood of people and kill them. And then a third one who is actually a kitsune, which is, like, a, a, kind of a fox shifter, but, like, also a trickster spirit. And so she needs to kill the three of them. Hero promises to help them and, like, has information on where to find them. Again, Nevin is, like, pulls Ren aside and is like, I don't trust him. There's something suspicious. Ren's like, you're being paranoid. It's fine. So they go on their adventure. They find the ice snow woman. And um, they all almost die trying to kill her. They end up, um, they're trying to light her on fire, right? Because they have to, like, get rid of whatever they're, like, core thing is so that they can die because they're thousands year old thousands of years old very powerful they almost get killed and it's also really like suspicious she's like saying things to ren that make us question this quest she's on about like the fact that she hasn't killed anybody in a long time and like other things like that whereas um ren has been told that these three yokai have been taking too many human lives and so the balance needs to be restored. They end up using um, the clocks to stop time. And Ren lights her jacket on fire and then jumps onto the ice woman, Yokai. And then they end up melting her. The other thing is that I mentioned earlier that Ren got this like death will follow you curse from the Reapers. And she recently has started like when she touches alive things like flowers, they have died and turned into ash. And this is starting to manifest and concern her. Then they um, go to the next one. And Nevin is, like, very shook up about it because he doesn't even like taking souls. Like, he's a very, like, pacifist person, like, whatever. And he was like, what if I can't handle the next one? And then the two of them also have a fight about, like, basically, like, they start arguing about, like, Ren. First of all, the whole thing with Hiro, but then also... Ren is like, I'm finally here in Japan. Like, this is my home. And he's like, well, we're from England. You can't just forget about it. And she, he's, she's like, yes, I can. And then he's like, well, what about me then? Do you want to forget about me? Like, all this different stuff. Then they go to the second one. And the boys have, like, gone off somewhere. And Ren is talking to one of the, to the second one. They have to kill the, like, ocean lady. And she's like, I'm starving. Like, I haven't eaten anyone in hundreds of years. And we're like, this is weird. Like, something is not right about this quest Ren's been sent on. But she's so dead set on becoming a Shinigami, she doesn't care. She's going to do whatever it takes. And then this lady almost kills Nevin. And then Ren goes ballistic. And she ends up losing her clock and has to use Nevin's clock. Stops time again, kills her in a very dark and gruesome way. And then they resurface. Nevin almost dies. It's like not good. And then they find out that the third yokai they have to kill is actually just a small child at this time because it has been recently reborn. And so this it's a child. And Nevin's like, you can't possibly kill a child. And Ren's like, 
I really want to be a Shinigami, so maybe. Also, meanwhile, Ren and Hiro are having kind of a romance, and Ren sees, so all Japanese Shinigami have a character on their back that is their name. That's kind of like a tattoo, right, from when they're born. But Hiro's, Ren sees his back for a hot second when he doesn't know. It doesn't say Hiro. It says something else, but Ren is too far away and is not good at reading Japanese. And so she doesn't know what it says, but we're getting suspicious. They also meet Hiro's friend who's a good yokai who can tell the future when you touch her. And so Hiro really likes whatever he sees, whereas Ren sees a dead body in Yomi. Yomi. So it's like kind of concerning. They find the third one. Like I said, she's young. Ren tries to kill her and then it's just like, I actually can't do it. And then um, Hiro's like, well, then I'll just do it. And then Ren's like, what? And then they end up, the Yoki runs away and finds Nevin. And then Nevin's like, you can't kill it. And they're like, okay, well, if we bring her into Yomi, is Nami will think she's dead. And so then as long as she never finds out, it'll be fine. So they go down there again, some fighting. Ren is like, they end up, I don't know. There's like more arguments, whatever. They get there. Ren goes in and his Nami's like, okay, you did it. So you want, and then finds out that her mom who is actually dead because she came all this way. She was like, I'm going to get my perfect life, whatever, whatever. Her mom's actually dead. So she's really upset about that. Throughout the whole thing, like everybody in Japan's calling her a foreigner as well because she doesn't look Japanese, which is interesting because in Britain, all they saw was that she looked Japanese. So I'll talk about that as well because that's very interesting plot point and very important part of the storytelling and just the story in general. Um, She ends up agreeing to give away her clock, but it's actually Nevin's clock. She lost hers to become a Shinigami. And then at the, but she like almost can't do it. Like there's this whole internal battle, but then she's like, okay, I guess I really want to be a Shinigami. I don't care what it takes, blah, blah, blah. Then she's like, wait, you have a, um, a Shinigami named Hiro. And I promised that I would get him in to see you. Hiro comes in and Isnami's like, I don't have a Shinigami named Hiro. And he's like, yeah, but you have one named Hiroko or something like that. I don't remember his full name. Turns out he is the um, abandoned son of Iznami and Iznagi and who was like born without bones and was cast into the sea to die but then was raised by humans and then became a fishing god. And so then a whole battle commences and Iznami almost kills Hiro but um, Ren is like in love with him so she's like no that can't happen. She gets the clock that she gave away and stopped time and then like awakens Hiro and um, Nevin and then Hiro kills Iznami and becomes the new god of the underworld and death and then is like Ren marry me and she's like oh my god even though you lied to me and all this I'm gonna marry you and then Nevin's like what are you doing like don't do this and then Ren is like just take him away like I can't see him right now but don't let anything bad happen to him and then Hiro's like okay yes and then they have like very this isn't described like there's not a sex scene in this book. However, it's implied heavily that they had some very concerningly violent sex that they both quite enjoyed. And then the next day, they're going to get married. Ren's like, where's my clock? He's like, you don't need it anymore. You're Shinigami, but gives her this ring made of gold and silver. And they're doing the wedding ceremony. And then she's being asked to drink. And remember, if you drink anything, you can never leave. So she like doesn't want to drink it. And then she's like, where's my brother? I want my brother. And then Hiro's like, oh, well, I th- had him thrown into the 
darkest depths or something like that, which is like the far reaches and you just die basically if you get in there, if you get thrown in there. So Ren is like, how could you kill my brother? He's like, well, you'll just forget him in a hundred years or something like that. And we're going to live together forever happily. So then Ren kills Hero, which I didn't really see coming. And then she now becomes the goddess of the underworld. And then the last few pages, it was like six months later, she's like sent her minions out to try and find her brother and they keep failing. And that's how the book ends. Now, that felt like a long plot summary. If it was long, I apologize. Um, Sorry about that. I hope you enjoyed it. I was vague, but also tried to go into some depth. But let's get into the discussion section. What I want to start out with is actually the fact that I almost DNF'd this book. So I've mentioned this in a few past episodes, but my grandmother recently passed away in October. And so that is still something that I'm dealing with. And I started reading this book near the beginning of November and I just had to put it down because within literally the first, like I literally read maybe two pages of it, like three pages of it actually. And I had to put it down because um, Ren at the beginning is like going, is still in London and is like going to extract the soul of this old man. And he's asking questions like, will it hurt? And then she says, I wouldn't know. I've never died. And then he asks about if there's a heaven. And then um, she says, I smirked. Like, I actually don't know where they go. But then she says, she says to him, there is no heaven. There is no hell either. There is nothing but death. And she, like, enjoys the fact that this man is, like, scared and, like, begging for his life. And she, like, loves the power that comes with it. But, like, just reading how, like, callous she is about death and passing right after the passing of my own grandmother, um, yeah, I couldn't do it. I had to set the book down and come back to it maybe two-ish weeks later. And because it was just too... the. <laughs> The pain was just too fresh and I was like, I can't have her being callous about like death and nothing coming after it when I am trying to find solace in the fact that I am believing my grandmother has been reunited with my, like just that my grandma's been reunited with my grandpa and other loved ones and things like that. Like that was too much for me. And if this was not, if this had been a library book or if I had sampled this book on my phone and like hadn't paid any money for it, I would not have gone back and finished it. And technically, I didn't pay any money for it because it was my book of the month for November, which I feel like I didn't mention. But yeah, it was my book of the month pick for November. And I mean, I had a credit. And so I theoretically did not actually myself pay money for it. However, somebody else paid money for me to have these credits. Shout out to my aunt. And um, so I was like, okay, I guess I have to finish it. And like I said, the idea seemed really interesting. And something about this like past month of November and December particularly because this also reminds me of the power is that I thought I was getting one thing but it was just something else completely and I don't know why I was surprised about it but I was for whatever reason and so it's like I thought this was going to be an interesting story and like I knew that she was a reaper slash shinigami and she like collects souls and this is dealing with death in the underworld But it was just more like the entire like hierarchy of like both the Reaper and Shinigami worlds, like most people in them is just, they're very grim about death in a way that I think most humans are not. And so that 
was the part I liked least about the book. It also was kind of graphic and violent in multiple different places, specifically and especially when they're killing the different yokai and things like that. Like, I'm fine with a battle scene. Like, I enjoy them. I don't think I could personally write one because I'm not talented enough to do that, but I enjoy them. Like, whatever, a fight scene, that's fine. But these ones were quite graphic, which was the other thing I didn't like about it. And Ren was just kind of an unlikable narrator in general because she was extremely angry and, like, fighting with her brother who was, like, her only true supporter who, like, just loves her for her and wasn't trying to use her in other ways and things like that. So that was, like, annoying. But what one thing that makes me, like, what am I even saying? Okay, so after I read this book, uh, this is a duology, so there'll be another one, which I'm going to talk about that later on, probably at the end of this episode. But I read an interview from the author And um, what was interesting is one of the questions was like, if you could be anybody in this book, who do you want to be? She's like, I don't want to be any of these people. Like, low-key, some of them suck and their world is sucky. And I was like, I'm glad. Like, hearing the author say that about her own characters in book was like, okay, this made me like it more. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like having the author acknowledge that, yes, the world they live in is not great and this character is not great also kind of unlikable it's like oh i can like it more now because the author like the author did what they set out to do if i don't know if that makes sense or if other people feel that way about this book or other books in general but like knowing that the author did not intend for ren to be super likable or for like the death society to be a likable thing made me like the book more I don't know. And like I said earlier, one of the things I really enjoyed about it was the Japanese mythology. I don't know anything about Japanese mythology, like, or I didn't know anything prior to reading this book. And I just love mythology. So it was super cool getting to dive into that and learn more about it. And that was probably one of my favorite things. The other thing I really liked was actually, I mean, was Ren in her diversity of being half Reaper, half Shinigami, half British, half Japanese, and just the struggle she's going through with that. I personally cannot relate to it. However, I liked it because it's very prevalent today as we're seeing, and it will become increasingly prevalent in the future as we're seeing higher and higher numbers of interracial couples and children. And so, or children from these couples and things like that. And I also think what's interesting is that a lot of times, when you're getting stories about biracial people, specifically children, even though Ren's not really a child in this, but like typically when you've seen these stories, it's about teenagers, but it can also be about adults, is that typically it is about somebody who has a white parent and a black parent. And here we're seeing a white parent and an Eastern Asian parent. And so that was cool because we're seeing a completely different perspective of what you normally see when you read stories like this. So that's great. This is clearly an own voices story because the author herself has both of these roots. And so she also said in this interview, she's working on a new story influenced by her, her Chinese heritage. And I'm very, I'd be very intrigued and would want to read that book. If I, am I going to read the second book in this series? Maybe I'll talk about that later. But anyways, so I really enjoyed the fact that like, Obviously, I don't like the fact that Ren was ostracized and othered and was, like, feeling like she didn't fit in anywhere, 
but I like that we got that representation because I'm sure there are a lot of people like Ren who feel that way. And Ren ended up taking those feelings out in a very violent and angry way. She was very angry all the time, which I both understand the angriness, but also let's not take that out on our one true um, best friend slash family member, Nevin, okay? My boy, Nevin, what a sweetheart. He, um, too good for this world. Is Nevin dead? I think he has to be, but at the same time, literally everybody died. So I'm like, well, who, who are her companions going to be in the second and final book? I just keep getting myself over there. So yeah, do I, should I just talk about, you know what? Fine. You got me guys. I'm just going to talk about the second book in the duology, what I think it might be coming up next and what I have read about it before I talk about Hero and his storyline, because I have thoughts on that too. And so, yeah, Nevin, too good for this world. There was this whole thing about him being too soft-hearted and, like, too moral and, like, blah, blah, blah. And in some points, I think Ren did have, like, in some aspects, Ren definitely had a point about that. Like, Nevin, we can't, like, save every person. We can't do this. We can't, like, do that. But also in other points, yeah, Nevin's right. We should not kill a child who has not yet killed people, who might not do that. We don't know because this is a reincarnation. She could be different this time. We don't know. And to kill her before she's even done anything wrong feels very evil to me. It feels wrong. But anyways, do I think Nevin died? I think it makes sense he would have died. He went into the other world with just the, um, sh- uh, not the Shinigami, the Kitsune Yokai. And so it's like, may- who's like 11 probably doesn't have any of her crazy powers of killing yet and Nevin didn't have his clock with him and didn't have any weapons on him so it seems unlikely he would be able to stop time or kill or like get out of there so you would think they would die however Ren is still looking for them at the end of this book and it's like don't come back to me until you find them and so, which makes me think that they do get found just like I don't know Especially because Hero also died, so then her love interest died, so I don't think there will be a love interest for this next book. What's interesting is that in that same interview slash article I read, talking about, like, who she'd want to be, the author would want to be in the book and stuff like that, they ask about the second book, and she says that the, um, I don't know if she said, like, nemesis or villain, just, like, I think I'm going to know for villain for the second book is a character we've already met, which got me thinking like, okay, who could it be? And the only thing I could come up with was that the British Reapers come for her, specifically Ivy maybe, or her dad or something like that. Unless like Nevin is found and he's become evil or she has to battle him, which doesn't make sense because at the end of the book, she's like heartbroken that her stupid decisions led to Nevin's death. And so that does change her a bit. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what sort of character development Ren gets in the second book. And then there's also a mention that like the other gods of Japan like kind of know what just happened in the underworld and I don't think they're happy about it. So maybe they are also going to come after Ren because they're like, okay, this is not right. Like you should not be our goddess. And I think there's probably a lot of animosity about her being a foreigner as they all kept calling her in Japan, which really hurt her because she was like, I was a foreigner here and now I'm a foreigner there all there and here and doesn't make sense. 
this was supposed to be my home. I really felt for her on that. But so I don't know. My guess for who she would be battling is that the Reapers would come for her, I guess. Or maybe the Japanese gods and goddesses are unhappy. The fact that Hiro died, I don't think she'll have a love interest. I mean, I unless like the gods can be the Japanese gods can be reborn, which I don't really know how the rules work on that. If he comes back, Hero, let's so that's kind of my thoughts on maybe where the second book's gonna go. Do I think I'm gonna read the second book? I don't know. I don't think I would buy the second book, but I think I would borrow the second book from the library. Like I don't want to spend money on it, but I I kind of want to know how it ends. But like also, I think maybe also a year from now, I'll be in a better mindset of being able to handle Ren and her um, very callous views on death and humans and such. Whereas now it was a bit more difficult for me to get into that and enjoy it per se. Um, But like, this wasn't a book where I was like, yes, I love this book. This was great. Whatever. I got to get like, I have to know what happens next. I need the sequel right now. I've already like pre, I don't pre-order, but like if I did. I've already pre-ordered it. Like, I can't wait. I'm counting down the days. No. But I kind of want to know how it ends because I'm invested and I need to know if, like, Nevin is dead and things like that. But also, I wouldn't, like, it's not, like, a 100% chance that I read it. It's probably, like, a 50% chance. So, that's not, and I think it's just part of it is, like, not a knock on the story writing or the the author, per se, because, like, the story was very cohesive. The writing was good things like that. It's just that it was hard for me to read because of some of the circumstances going on in my life and just like because of Ren's unlikableness and things like that. So there you go on that. Let's close it out talking about Hero and his storyline. It was like really weird. I don't even know how to explain it to you, but like from the beginning, Ren was just so attracted to him and he could do no wrong, even though he was clearly lying and like like uh, manipulating her the entire time. And it was so funny, not funny, but he like confesses his love at the end. And even after she stabs him and kills him, he's like, I still love you and like all this stuff. And she's like, but I also love him. It was just like kind of wild. And the whole thing where I kind of saw it coming that he might have been a god. I did not see it coming really that he was Iznami's. Well, at one point I thought maybe he was Iznami's son. And then I was like, no, I don't think so. And then he was. And I was like, oh, wow. I definitely did not see it coming that he was going to kill her. Like, I thought all he wanted was to become a Shinigami. No, he wanted to become the god of the Shinigamis. And I did not see it coming. It was kind of very wild and unexpected. Um, And then that Ren turned around and killed him like 15 pages later. Also wild. And at the end, I forgot to mention that, like, this ring that he gave her, since it's silver and gold, she can still use it to turn time. And at the end, she says, I'm also a reaper. So she's now decided she can be both a reaper and a Shinigami. So that's good that we have at least that sort of resolution. Although I'm sure in the second book that goes away and she doesn't remember that she said that anymore because, you know, that's how writing works. Um, But shocking. Hero, really just a shocking character of his motives all at the end. <sighs> excuse me? Do you say excuse me after a yawn? I don't know. But with that, that's where I'm going to end it. It's getting down to the wire here. I've talked about pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about. Like I said, I would recommend this book if you're looking for kind of specifically a Japanese mythology fantasy sort of story 
or that as long as you just haven't had somebody who died recently and you don't mind that the main character is going to be callous about death, then this was really interesting and it's a little gruesome also, so if you don't mind that either. Um, but it was very interesting, very different. Um, am I glad I read it? I think I would be glad if I had read this prior to my grandma dying or months after. This was just a bad time to read it for me, I think. So I don't want that to stop others from reading it if they think it sounds interesting. I would give it a try. It's her debut novel. We love supporting new authors and authors of color. So there you go. Next, next week. I don't know what you'll be hearing because I don't know when this will be posted and if I'm going to read that Christmas book. So sorry I can't keep you posted on that. Maybe I'm going to be talking about the Rosie Project, but also maybe I'm going to just reread something else and I don't want to read it. I don't know. I guess you'll find out after Christmas. It'll be more straightforward and this will be normal again. But in the meantime, follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. Um, you can also DM me there your thoughts, opinions, feelings on this episode, podcast, or this book in general. I would love to hear it and talk to you about it. I love talking to people about books. You could also email me those things at iwriteabookonceblog at gmail.com. And please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. It's going to help other people find it. I would appreciate it so much and love you forever. And with that, this was I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma. And I'll catch you guys next time.